most people in the world don't know what their ultimate self is, who they are, how they dress, what decisions they make, what they succeed on, you know, their strengths or weaknesses. Like there's that version of us within everyone that is the, you know, true ultimate self. And I believe your ultimate self is your truest self because as humans, we're not meant to be, you know, ordinary. We know we're all so extraordinary in our own ways, whether we decide to tap into that potential or not. So yeah, you know, it's it's so important to have clarity on that version of you that you want to be. I call it your future self, but I do want to say that your future self doesn't mean that it's out of reach and it's always in the future. Your future self is a term that I use synonymously with your higher self, your best self, your truest self. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. Today, I have Mimi Bouchard on the podcast, you guys. I am so excited to share this episode with you. She is someone who dedicates her life to meditation. She created the Superhuman app. She's also a podcast host, a meditation teacher, like I mentioned, lifestyle creator, and really someone who has dedicated her life to uh, helping other people feel better. Um, She's really been open and honest about her journey with her self-image and self love. And I'm just super excited to have her on the podcast today. Um, Make sure to download her app and to also follow her on Instagram. She is at Mimi Bouchard, M-I-M-I-B-O-U-C-H-A-R-D. You guys, this episode is so good. She's so lovely, just really, really a lovely human. And uh, I just absolutely love chatting with her. So I hope that you will enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I'm so, so, so excited to have Mimi Bouchard on the pod today. Um, You guys, this is going to be a great episode. I already know it. So thank you so much for being on today, Mimi. Thank you for having me, Victoria. I'm so excited to chat. Yes. So Mimi is the creator of the guided meditation app called Superhuman. She is that among so many other things. Uh, you are a podcast host yourself, uh, meditation teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you speak on your platforms about self-image and self-love and basically also how to be your very best self. So it's going to be an awesome conversation today because you do so many things that I feel like all of my listeners are very interested in. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm so passionate about this space and love love conversations all about this. Yeah. So in the self-help space, I mean that's kind of like who you are at your core and like what you dedicated your life to. Um, you know, where did this journey kind of begin for you or how did you become interested in it? Yeah, so it kind of started about 10 years ago, really my gradual interest in self-development. And, um, you know, I was starting to read personal development books in my late teens and it really just 
was this epiphany for me reading those books and understanding that I could actually create the life of my dreams. And uh, I found this, you know, deep fire in my belly to, to do something big and to take risks and to just become the person, the woman that I've always wanted to be. So um, yeah, ultimately I've just embarked on this journey at that young age and so much has happened since then. I ended up moving to London and starting multiple different businesses and, you know, really diving into my own growth and personal development. And um, ultimately now, you know, I'm living my ultimate life and uh, teaching other people how to do the same. And it truly did come from this need of, of wanting to get into this work myself. I was in a pretty dark place, um, you know, in my mid early to mid teen years. And, uh, you know, this was really just the savior for me. So I live and breathe it now. And, um, yeah, I created superhuman to help other people get there faster to achieve that ultimate life of theirs, um, of their dreams, you know, faster. And, uh, we offer very unique guided meditations for every moment of the day from walking meditations to, getting ready in the morning meditations to legs up wall meditations. And, um, honestly, we call them meditations because we don't really know what else to call them, but we're in the process of trying to figure out a new word because it's just, it's so much more than meditations. It's really not the traditional sense. And a lot of people that, you know, I introduce to the brand or that hear about the brand, it takes them a couple minutes to understand, Oh wait, you know what? This isn't traditional meditation. Like I have a different view of this now because it's something that I feel could, you know, be more energizing or motivational. It doesn't necessarily clear your mind and you don't have to own and some Lotus pose, you know, it, it's definitely something that's a bit more modern. Um, we call it kind of functional audio. You just listen to it throughout your day with your eyes open and it changes your state. So we're in the process of, um, you know, trying to figure out what that next step is when it comes to the product and how to title it in a sense, um, or in a way that will, you know, really show what, what it is. Cause a lot of people find us and they're like, Oh, this is cool. And then they try it. They're like, wait, this is insane. Um, so, you know, that being said, that product and this company has been, you know, something I created out of a need because I wasn't aligning with traditional meditation back in the day. It was one of those things, all those books that I was reading was telling me you have to try visualization is so powerful. And, you know, like this type of meditation is, is, you know, incredibly impactful and I try it and I don't like it. So, um, I needed to, to find a way to visualize, um, throughout my day in a guided way that wasn't necessarily a quote, boring traditional meditation. Um, and I created it for myself. And then years later, I found that people were asking for it. So I posted it and it went really viral and I created an app all about it. Wow. That's incredible because, you know, you, I love the idea of going out and creating, you know, you didn't give up on it. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, you read all these books and it's like, yes, meditation will help you feel better. Um, you know, connect with yourself on a deeper level, all of these things. And then you're reading it in book after book after book. And I hear about it. Um, I'm very into meditation myself and I hear about it also throughout so many guests that I have on, but you know, I think that's such, such an interesting point that you make. Like, it's like the world will tell you, this is what you should like. This should be feel good. This should make your day better. And you said to yourself, like, well, it doesn't, it, it's not working for me. It's not feeling good. It's not resonating with me. And then you're like, you didn't give up on the practice. You just made it your mm -hmm. own, which I think is so awesome and inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I wanted to make it work and I knew that I wasn't sticking to the traditional way. So 
started recording these, you know, audio files on my phone that I would just listen to throughout my day. And it was just me talking about what my future is going to look like. And it was this active visualization. And then, you know, as time went by, things started to radically change. And then I look into the science of it all. And it seems that, you know, conditioning your mind to, to feel different, to think different, to be different in everyday moments with your eyes open is actually so incredibly transformative. It's like the Pavlov dog theory. Pavlov rings the bell, the dog salivates. If you're doing a getting ready meditation every morning when you're doing your makeup, at some point, you don't even need that meditation to feel empowered and confident and you know abundant and wealthy and joyful. It's just gonna end up happening because you're conditioning yourself to have a link, uh, you know, new, new neural pathways being linked in that everyday moment that you do repeatedly. So that's what I think is the, true essence of transformation is, is having something a bit more effortless just to weave into your day. Um, you know, in the past I've been all for like big monumental changes, um, which is still great. And part of, you know, my, my motivation and my action taking nature, but I will say that just weaving things in, into these like tiny moments has been the biggest compound effect when it comes to my success and happiness. It's not those big moments. It all happens in the small moments. I could not agree more. Yeah. I was really obsessed with, with big change. I was really obsessed with taking big leaps and big jumps um, for you know quite a bit of time in my life and really kind of attributing so much of my own personal worthiness and feeling like I was successful based on taking big risks and making big changes, moving to new cities, doing things like that. Um, but I too have found like, it's all of these small things that you implement over time that actually make this like massive difference within. Uh, and so I kind of did also become really obsessed with like the small things and like the small changes. So mm -hmm. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. like also you are someone that is very, you talked about this a bit already, but you know, connecting, how important is it to connect with our future selves? You know, you've been posted an Instagram recently where you're like, mm -hmm. this is, this is how I think my future self dresses. And so I'm going to dress like her today. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you talk about connecting with your future self? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, it's, it's really a matter of whether you want to create your future or not. Right. A lot of people, most people in the world don't know what their ultimate self is, who they are, how they dress, what decisions they make, what they succeed on, you know, their strengths or weaknesses. Like there's that version of us within everyone that is the, you know, true ultimate self. And I believe your ultimate self is your, is your truest self because as humans, we're not meant to be, you know, ordinary. <laughs> we know we're all so extraordinary in our own ways, whether we decide to tap into that potential or not. Um, so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's so important to have clarity on that version of you that you want to be. I call it your future self, but I do want to say that your future self doesn't mean that it's out of reach and it's always in the future. Your future self is a term that I use synonymously with your higher self, your best self, your truest self. And uh, it's, it's the real version of you, I think. And um, I always just like to think of it as I'm, it's, this work is more about unbecoming what I'm not than becoming what I'm not, right? Like it's it's more about just peeling back the layers of the things that have just been conditioned into me over the past 27 years of my life. You know, it's 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 more about just revealing who you truly are. Like I look at photos of me when I was four or five years old and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see that like awe and 
creativity that I'm now, you know, also experiencing in my life because I've done the work and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm back like my true self, my ultimate self, my, you know, blissful child self that sees potential and everything. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, to answer your question, it's so important if you want to live a life that you create, not just be passive. Um, it depends on your wants and needs and how badly you want it. But I, I truly think having a connection with that future self version of you is make or break to your success. I could not agree more. Um, again, <laughs> about connecting with who we want to be in the future uh, today and kind of really getting, it's like getting acquainted with that version of ourselves and and meeting that version of ourselves. And I really love the idea of also unbecoming everything yeah. because especially, you know, in our early twenties, I would say late teens, there's so much that we, it's kind of put on us about who we should be, um, how we should act, what we should like, what we shouldn't like. And, and, and feeling like we are under so much pressure to be all of these things. And so I know you grew up in Canada, right? And then I know mm -hmm. that you moved to London for a while and that was like your party girl era, um, as I understand it, right? Uh, so how did you kind of step away from that and also shift your mindset around partying and alcohol and all of those things? Yeah, well, I think my party girl era was mostly in my teens. When I moved to London at 19, I was still kind of in it for sure. Um, but it wasn't like my most of my time in London from, you know, the from 21 onwards was really more so finding myself and, and kind of stepping away okay. from that scene. So, but it definitely trickled into London. Um, you know, I think the way that I stepped away from that, it was honestly just the work I was doing on myself. And I felt like I took 10 steps backwards every time I would go out and have a big night and be hung over the next day. Yeah. And I felt it just wasn't advancing me in the way that I wanted. And I also sat down and asked myself, do I actually enjoy this? I'm like, I, and I realized I actually don't enjoy going out and getting blackout drunk and like, you know, waking up the next morning hungover and wanting to like binge eat food to feel better. And then weird eating disorder, you know, stuff was happening because I was just gaining weight from doing that. And then I was feeling terrible about my body and then I was under eating and it was just this weird cycle. And alcohol was really linked to all the things that I was trying to get rid of, which was like negative body image, disordered eating, hatred of myself and you know, smoking cigarettes, doing drugs, all of that was linked to alcohol and partying. And I just had a realization in my very early twenties, like when I was 21, 22, that this is not what I want to be experiencing in my life anymore. And I valued my success more than acting cool with a random group of people that I don't actually care about because that's why I was doing it. It was social pressure. Um, and then I just found the confidence because it really comes down to that. If you're doing that kind of stuff without truly enjoying it, it's just because you're trying to people please and fit into a box that you're not. Um, so I just gained confidence naturally and it just faded away. And over the years, it just faded away. I can't remember the last time I felt drunk. I don't drink really anymore. Just I'm, I'm a better person when I'm sober. I like being sober more. I like to have deep conversations with people and, you know, just live a life of clarity and you don't really live a life of clarity with alcohol heavily involved. Gosh, it feels so good to hear you say that too, because I'm on a sober journey myself right now. It's been a few months, I guess now. Um, 
And not because I ever had an issue with alcohol ever. I just really feel deeply dedicated to feeling the most like, like feeling myself like me and being connected to me at all hours of every day, even when it's hard, right? Because like it is challenging sometimes. It's much easier to talk to people or be social or be out or, you know, I think at first anyways, um, and have a couple glasses of wine, but you know, you have to push through that and it's, it is challenging, but like, I, I've got too much to do. I feel like, and you know, you wake up in the morning and you want to just feel really good and you want to like feel energized to, to do your meditation or to go work out or to go on a walk or do whatever it is that you want to do. And it just feels better. And it has felt better for me, like being on this journey to just wake up and be like, okay, great. Like the world is my oyster. I can do whatever I want today because I feel great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, it's more about like intuitive living. Like mm -hmm. I intuitive eat. I don't have any rules around eating. I can eat whatever I want, but I intuitively eat things that make me feel good. Just like drinking. I don't, I don't have a label that I'm sober. I, you know, I, know, I, I hate that label. Actually, I don't, it doesn't no, feel right. that I think it's important for some people that have like incredibly addictive personalities to be like, no, I'm sober. That's like my, my, you know, my big line, my, my big permanent marker line in the sand. Right. Um, but for me personally, I don't feel like I had an, like I didn't have, I don't have an addictive personality. Um, and I also don't want to set limits to myself because, you know, for me, it's more intuitive. Like I, I, I would have a glass of wine every like three, four months. If I'm in a, a situation where it's a very intuitive thing, I'm not doing it to please anyone else, but myself, maybe I'm having a beautiful meal and I really like the taste of a good red wine sometimes. So maybe I'll have a half a glass or something of that, but it's not to, with the intention of getting fucked up. It's really with the intention of listening to my body and being very in tune with it. So, um, with that said, you know, I, I don't call myself sober, but I think, um, you know, I'm definitely not a drinker and I, it's not a part of my life. <laughs> Yeah. I've been using the word sober curious recently, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I think feels good. Uh, and I'm going on my bachelorette party next weekend. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not like putting any kind of pressure on myself for that either. Like if I go through the whole weekend and don't drink, then like that will be fine. And if I decide when I get there that I would like to drink, then that will also be fine. Yeah. And like, there's no pressure any either way is mm -hmm. kind of how I've decided that I feel about it because, you know, I've shared a little bit about it on Instagram. And so I've had like a lot of people DMing me like, well, are you not going to drink on your bachelorette party? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I just going to see how I feel and like take yeah. it from there. You know, um, I don't yeah. think there needs to be a ton of pressure around it. Um, so how do you feel about, or how important is it rather, uh, like your morning routine and the way that you wake up every day and the things that you do, how important is that to you? Well, my, my daily kind of commitments are important to me, but lately I've just been very intuitive with what my mornings look like. I used to have quite the strict regimen when it comes to, you know, I'd wake up and then I do this and I do that and everything in order. I've realized that I'm actually a very like intuitive person and I do best when I have creative flow in my day. So, you know, some mornings I'll wake up and I won't journal, but then maybe that evening I'll do some writing if, if I'm feeling like it. Um, I'm again, like I, I just don't check my phone in the morning. That's like one thing that is a constant part of my routine. I try not to be on it too much in the mornings. Cause I always notice that when I do it, my day is not as great. Um, there are things that I try to avoid, but honestly, like I, 
really am just intuitive. What do I want right now? What do I feel like I need? I've been moving my body a lot more these days as you know, opposed to a couple months ago when I was not moving as much as I feel great doing so. Um, so, you know, this morning I went to the gym as part of my morning routine. I listened to a workout meditation on superhuman and it, that was kind of my morning routine, but in the past, you know, it could also look like journaling. It could look like doing a seated meditation. It could look like, you know, whatever that is doing Pilates at home or yoga at home. Um, so it really varies. So now I can't give you a strict, uh, morning routine plan that I follow because I I've just been so intuitive in every area of my life and it feels good doing that. Yeah. So just kind of asking yourself, like, what do I need today? Yeah. And then seeing, seeing what comes up and, and then going from there. Exactly. Love that. that. So you recently got engaged. Congratulations. Such an exciting time uh, to be in that space and, and, you know, so full of love and life. Um, And you guys live in the Bahamas, right? Yeah, we live in the Bahamas, got engaged four months ago and things are good. So happy. I love that. So there's a couple questions there. Um, So how do you think that you create like a healthy, well-balanced relationship with your partner? What are like some of the key components to building a healthy, well-balanced relationship yeah. to you I, or to you guys? <laughs> no, for sure. I think like just hyper communication has been the key for us. Um, when we don't communicate properly, things, you know, get put shoved under the rug and then, you know, it just gets messy when we do end up having a small disagreement. So for us, definitely communication is a really big one and just over communicating. And um, also recently, something that I've started to more so notice that I haven't even really spoken about too much yet is allowing him to be in his masculine and allowing me to be in my feminine. So I am so in my masculine throughout the day when I'm working and I'm running a tech company and I'm making big decisions and I need to be the boss and I need to, you know, be in that strong masculine energy. But at the core, I am such a feminine person and I love to be taken care of, um, taken cared of. And, um, sometimes in the past, when I've just been too in my masculine, it overpowers his, and he's naturally a very masculine guy, but sometimes I can overpower that, you know, if I'm in that state of being where I'm like, no, we have to do it this way. I know what's best. Um, or like, you know, just thinking that I know what, what we should be doing when at the end of the day, you know, maybe I'm not right all the time. So, um, what I've been definitely working on and what we've both been working on is me allowing him to have more space, to be in his masculine, to take care of me, to be the protector, to be the decision maker. And I'm trying out this new thing where I'm not really offering my advice unless he asks for it. This is just like a, I don't know if this is something that I'd suggest to everyone, because obviously you want to have open communication with, with your partner, but this is just something that, I've dialed down because I'm very outspoken and opinionated. Um, so this is something that I'm just doing to empower him more in a, in a way and allow him to make big decisions because I trust him. And why wouldn't I, right? So allowing him to step into that masculine energy and allowing me to be, to turn off my masculine and to be in my feminine, um, you know, after the work day and to allow him to take care of me in certain ways and to make the decisions and to be like the man of the house. And I know this again, might not work for some people listening because we're living in a time where, um, some people don't want that type of rapport with their partner, but I really love like the traditional sense of a relationship. And I feel like sometimes I, 
I lack that when I'm so in my dominant nature and I don't want to be that at home. I want him, like, I can't be in that state all the time. My hormones get all messed up. I don't like how I feel. I, I want to be in my feminine. So that's something that we've been working on. Well, not even working on just like I've been experimenting with without him really even knowing and things have been great. And I'm really happy. I like that a lot. I've never really thought about putting it in that way because I too, I don't want to say suffer from that because I think it's a really incredible quality that we, that we have, but, uh, time and place though with relationships, like, yes, I want a masculine man. And I love like that traditional relationship of like, you know, I, I don't want to be the one like dictating everything and being yep. louder. You know, I, I love, that's an attractive quality for me and a man to be the one that's dominant. And he has so much of that, but in the past, maybe I've like, you know, dampened it with how much I'm forcing it. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I've been talking to my therapist about this is like, I need to soften a little bit, mm -hmm. not need to, we don't need to do anything. Um, but I have been wanting to allow myself to soften a little bit. Cause I can, I find myself also being like, well, I know the right way to do it. And I can be very, uh, bossy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. 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 So I totally resonate with that, but I've never really thought of it in the way of, you know, ma masculine and feminine, feminine energy and just kind of, I don't know, allowing me to lean into that. Um, which is why I love like an afternoon meditation a lot, a lot of times, and I don't do it as often as I should, but like that's kind of like bookend on your day where you can yeah. like, it's like a great, place to mm -hmm. like take 10 minutes, even if it's, if it's only that where you kind of release whatever happened earlier in the day before you like go into your nighttime routine, um, or your evening to kind of just like mm -hmm. reset the energy that you have, um, really helps me a lot with, with totally. That. Yeah, totally. Just setting that intention after the work day to come home and be, you know, softer and just like, a. Uh, you know, the calm and feminine loving version of yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so you've mentioned, uh, well, actually let's go back to the, the Bahamas. You guys have been there. You moved there, I think in during the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, what is that like living there? I mean, it seems so peaceful. Um, did it help you connect to your higher self and, and do you guys think, do you think you'll always be in the Bahamas? Yeah. Well, honestly, it was kind of a random move that we just decided to do, um, three years ago. We didn't know how long it would last, but we love it here. Our goal is to have homes all around the world that like, in the places that we love. So we actually have just had an offer accepted today on a flat in London that we are purchasing. And, um, Congrats. yeah, I think so we're buying a place there and we're going to spend three, four months out of the year there. We're going to keep Bahamas as our main residence and, um, you know, kind of just, we travel so much. So it's really just like a go, go, go lifestyle. I think we'll always have a home here. Um, I don't think it's going to be full-time forever, but for right now, it's, it's a huge benefit to our lifestyles and, you know, how much we travel and for our businesses and all that jazz. Yeah. I mean, I just remember like early on, I don't know, pandemic when you guys moved there, I'm like, man, like, that's what I need. Like you guys zipping around on your golf cart, just hanging out at the pool, going down to the, you know, the gym, but then also you come home and you just like work on all of your projects. And it's like, it seems like there's like so many less distractions to just really working on yourself and spending all this time with your partner. And like, it just seemed like you really dove into like building 
a life that's like, just, I don't know, felt really good. And I, I, from afar, I was just like, that's really neat. (laughs) I've always thought that. It's definitely a like calm existence here. And I have such a hectic day to day with work that like, it's just needed. I don't know how my adrenals would handle being in like a crazy big city. Um, and I love being in nature and it's like, I love the people here. It's, it's really a nice place. There are their challenges. Like there are a lot of challenges here when it comes to like, you know, there aren't that many amazing restaurants. There aren't that many, you can't go shopping anywhere. You can't go to a cafe and get a coffee somewhere nice. You know, you can't go to the library and walk around and like, it's just kind of like you drive everywhere and it's really hot during the day. And like, you know, there are some disadvantages to it. Um, it's a, it's a really amazing place and it's so beautiful and we're right on the water. We can go out on the ocean whenever on the jet ski or boats. And, you know, it's just, it's a very good decision for where we're at right now. And mainly honestly for our businesses and, you know, they have really great tax advantages here. So it's just a really smart move all around, um, from the perspective of living a calm life when I'm not working to, you know, investing the money that would have been paid in taxes back into my business, not needing to get investment because of that bootstrapping my whole business and growing it really quickly because of that extra money that we have. Um, you know, there's just a lot of great reasons for it. Yeah. sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Um, have you guys started the wedding planning journey yet? Uh, not yet. I think we want to do Italy, but I am so busy and I know I'm going to be the one planning most of it. He doesn't care where we do it. So I'm just going to wait until I'm a little bit less busy with work and then start planning it. Oh my gosh. That's where I'm getting married in Italy. I'm so excited. Oh, you are nice. We're Mm -hmm. in Italy. Um, uh, just outside of Florence and Tuscany. Oh, we're thinking Tuscany. That's oh awesome. I'll have to share my wedding planner with you and like all of the things. Yeah. Um, but I'm, it's in June and I'm, so I tried Congrats. out, I picked out, I got my dress and like it came in and I literally went and picked it up today. Oh my gosh. So did you try it on before getting it? Uh, yeah. So I picked it out like probably, yeah. gosh, I don't know, like four or five, maybe six, even six months ago. And then like they make it. And so it came in and I finally went and tried it on for the first time since saying yes today, which is like super nerve wracking. Cause you're just like, are you going to love it as much as you did? Like, I don't know. Um, but thankfully I am absolutely over the moon. Just like, love it so much. I'm so That's excited. amazing. I'm so happy for you. That's, that's such an amazing feeling. And yeah. you're, you're almost there. You're at the finish line. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. It honestly is such an incredibly exciting time in life to just, I don't know, like, I feel like this was a version of me that I dreamt of for so long. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't know how you were, if you were ever this way, but I mean, for me, I was just like, I don't know, like if I'll ever find my person, how that's going to like dating was just like, I don't know. I had to do a lot of self-work on myself to, attract the kind of partner that I ultimately found. Because for me, I was just attracting guy after guy that was just didn't treat me the way that I wanted to be treated, did not make me feel like the best version of myself. Um, And then I had to take some time off from dating and really, I don't know, just do the work, (laughs) go to therapy, read the books, uh, do the things to, to understand that it wasn't, you know, I don't know what your experience was, or has been before that, but it wasn't constantly the partners that were all the problem. Mm -hmm. It was really me not knowing myself well enough to attract the right person who was who like on the the same wavelength as me, if you will, you know? And so it it's, it was a lot of work and it was a long journey to like finding that person. And to be in this place is just like, it feels 
so, so, so good. So exciting. Yeah. It's, it's really a challenge sometimes to find the right person. I, I lucked out Ben's my first boyfriend but when I was 21, like (laughs) we, I really lucked out, but you know, before then I definitely had my fair share of fuck boys that just were not it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I definitely sympathize with, with women trying to find someone, especially in this day and age when it's just so difficult. It seems a lot of my friends, you know, trying to find the right guy. It's just, there's a lot of hurdles in today's world. It seems. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, but, uh, there is definitely something to be said for, I don't, I don't know if you ever read the book. What is it called? Um, Oh gosh, now I'm blanking on it. It's one of my favorite books. Um, it just talks about the different partners that you can attract, um, attached. That's what it's called. Um, so there's like different kinds of, we are each, um, either anxious, avoidant or secure. And so me personally, there's like a quiz you can take. Right. And so I kind of oscillate between being anxious and secure So if I'm dating a partner who is an avoidant partner, then I lean more towards my anxious self. And if I am dating a partner who is secure, then I lean towards my secure self. So it's, that was like a life-changing book for me reading attached, like an understanding, like, I don't know, like the energies of your partners, your partner, and, uh, just kind of like how it brings out the best in you. I'm going to write that down because that seems like something I need to read. <laughs> oh my God. It was life-changing for me. Attached. I think it has like a, I want to say like a magnet on the front. I want, I want to say maybe. I don't yeah, know. I see it. It's really, really good. Life-changing for me. Um, wow. Loved it. Yes. Um, so speaking of Love books, it. I think you've mentioned on your Instagram that you're working on slash thinking about writing a book. Yes. I'm in the process of writing a book and it's been so challenging to weave in the writing process into my crazy work day, but I have an editor that I'm working with and, um, yeah, things are moving along. So hopefully end of this year, we'll have a book. (laughs) Wow. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, there are so many other questions I feel like I could ask you. Um, but I feel like I don't want to take up too much of your time. So one last question I will ask you is what is the best piece of advice that you will get, you would give your younger self? That's a really good question. Um, I would tell her to just like relax a little bit. Like I would say you're doing so well, it's going to happen. Just feel worthy because like you just have to start loving yourself more. I had such a problem with like not liking myself and yeah, I would just tell her like, you're perfect just the way you are. Like things are happening for you. Don't worry. Like you're really on the right track. You're doing amazing. That's the advice I would tell her just to like, relax. You're going to get there. Right. Uh, I feel like we always need to hear that. I know we do. We do to give that soft feminine energy to ourselves as well. You know, like I think it makes, I don't sense in that direction as well. Like it makes a lot of sense when you talked about it with your partner, but also that masculine energy. I feel like I'm very, uh, and I feel like there's a lot of women who can relate like hard on ourselves. Um, you know, when it comes to our self-image, when it comes to our worthiness, when it comes to, you know, who we want to be, where we want to go, what we want to do, what we want to succeed at, what we want to accomplish. And, and this, this made up timeline that we have somehow about when we need to get there and how fast we need to do it and how quickly it has to happen. And, and so then we can be really hard on ourselves and, and this voice that, that kind of lives within us sometimes that hard on ourselves voice, uh, 
might be in that real masculine space of like, do more, be better, accomplish more, um, do it faster, spend more hours in the day and all of these things that we shame ourselves for um, a lot of times. And and perhaps it might be wise to step into the feminine energy as well in our own self-talk. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's a great, very great perspective, just being kinder to ourselves and keeping that masculine energy for like work. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congrats on all of the things. Uh, and I'm so, so, so grateful that you were on today and that I finally got to meet you. So it's such thank a great you, conversation. Victoria. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you too. Good luck with the wedding and thank you for having me. Of course, you too. That is a wrap on today's episode with Mimi. Definitely check out her app, the Superhuman app, so you can do her signature meditations. Um, And then let's all look out for her book and all the big things that she is working on. I really loved today's episode, um, specifically in chatting about leaning into our feminine energy. So that was really awesome Uh, and something that I'm going to definitely take away from today's episode. So follow her on Instagram at Mimi Bouchard. Go ahead and follow me at Victoria Brown, the podcast at Very Best Self. Um, Leave us five stars, write a review uh, if you have an extra spare moment and please share this episode with someone you love. And that's it. I will see you guys next week. Bye.